Hello everybody, Michael Martin. Happy Friday. So I saw someone sent me a tweet on a, I don't know whether it's called a DM or something like this, about Mark Cuban and what he had said about his holdings. And he knows why he gets in, you know, before he gets in. And then he holds it until something changes. Now, I know who Mark is, obviously, and I have great respect for what he's been able to do. Yahoo probably doesn't want to talk about it because why they spent what they spent on what it was called broadcast.com and then, you know, basically shut the company down is one of the great tragedies in the world, nonetheless made very, very wealthy people out of Mark Cuban and his business partner, who uh, I think now does a lot of film production. Point being is that as an investor... You know, diversification matters, of course. That's job number one. Um, but that's not risk management. And if you're buying something because you think of the fundamental promise, you still need to know where you're going to get out if you're wrong. Because uh, my take is that there are people who might be even smarter than Mr. Cuban with CFAs and business acumen in industry-specific types of situations, and they don't even know the full economic story. They might write in a way with an authoritative voice as if they do. But, and even though they may know more than their clients, that still doesn't mean, you know, it's kind of like in the in the, in the uh, kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. So at the end of the day, I, I can't advocate that you buy things on fundamentals. Um, I think in the end, there has to be a fundamental story for sure. You need a good or service that creates revenue above and beyond your expenses, and then you need to widen that gap so that your earnings grow. But at the end of the day, you can still have a really good idea that doesn't make money, right? That's a truism on Wall Street. There are things that just look really, really good. They don't make money. There are things that look good and people think are going to the moon. We call those Crocs. Um, you know, then there's Hanson's, which was what was at the water company. Um, or the soda company, right? And then, so all these things kind of come to pass. And they'll be full of these types of themes, but you have to look, to me, you should look at the sector first, if you're an equity player. What is the sector doing? Because a really good name in a shitty sector is a shitty, shitty name. And I, in my opinion, you know, you, your job is to play superior defense. That's where this conversation's coming from right? Everyone wants to make money. That's why they come and open up accounts for sure. But once you've been around the block once or twice, you start to realize like preservation of capital is job number one. And that every really interesting idea doesn't turn on the green light and say, now this is an investment idea for my portfolio. You know, you have to be able to discern what's an interesting idea and what's worthy of you putting on risk in your portfolio. Those are two very different things. Now, you might be a pothead, and that's great, but that's to me is a farming business, and I don't care. You know, the winners in this business in marijuana are going to be the, the, people, the taxing authorities. That's where the money's going to come from and benefit mostly, I think, are, is the tax revenue. The names of the, of the companies that are involved, you know, we'll have to see. You know, right now, I have nothing to disclose. So I would be very, very careful. Cool idea, but making money with it is another ball of wax. 
Because now you have to say, okay, there's a CEO of a company and that company is going to make a good or a service or some type of a product and then they've got to market the thing. You know, what are the margins going to be? Even if it becomes federally legal, even if the banks start opening up and allowing to, you know, do business with these companies, right? Because the federal regulations will improve and that will put the bank charters at risk and this and that, right? Now, I am not the person to speak with about this by a long shot. There are people who focus on it and I think do a good job. You know, like my buddy Todd Harrison, for example, is a thousand times more knowledgeable in this than I am. So go follow him if you want more specific stuff. But just generally speaking, um, cool ideas and trade ideas are two different things. And I think that's a maturity thing for a person who's managing risk is to be able to say, I find this fantastically interesting, but I don't know what the investment opportunity is here because ultimately we need business people to run these companies. They need to increase revenues. They need to keep their expenses down, you know, and, uh, you know, that's, that's a different proposition altogether, right? So you have to be able to separate that. Those are probably fundamental concerns too. Then, you know, look at the sector. If the sector warms up, then there might be an, you know, an, a more interesting opportunity. So going back to the top of the story here, I, I find, I think that for the folks who aren't trained or do, who don't fully know who they are yet in terms of risk management, they can follow on to like the gentleman I spoke about yesterday, Mr. Portnoy, and they can follow Mr. Cuban for sure because they're smart guys, right? They have business acumen. But ultimately, when it comes to managing risk, I think you, if you're going to do it, you need to know what you are doing it for. I'm sure uh, Dave Portnoy and Mark Cuban are fully aware what they're doing it for, whether it's because they want to be media figures and or if they want to become even more wealthy doing what they're doing in the markets. I support both. But you need to have a better sense of yourself right? This all comes down to mindset and yourself. What are you doing it for? What emotional needs are satisfied by you doing what you do and what you don't do? Because the feelings that you want to avoid or that you are avoiding can tell you a lot about yourself as much as the feelings that you go towards, see? Um, and they have just as much control over your behavior. You might have a gut sense of that what you're about to do you know, isn't necessarily a smart financial decision, but you're going to do it anyway. There might be another scenario where, you know, financially, you know, something's going to work out, but you just don't have the guts to do it. And the fear keeps you on the sidelines. So all of that stuff, we talked about developing your intuition and all of that. The more you can let go of other people's opinions and insights, the, the closer you're going to be to being able to kind of design your own model and figure it out for yourself. So on a drastic sense, if you let go of your chat rooms, if you're there, your social media stuff, any financial television, that kind of stuff, if you can cut that all off, you'll be left with yourself and you'll have to look yourself at, you know, in the face and say, what am I about here? You know, am I just going to be following the crowd, right? How would you describe your process then to someone who was going to give you an allocation if you were going to be brutally honest with them? Right, Because if they were going to sit with you from 6 in the morning to, say, 8 o'clock at night, they would witness your behavior. So if you had to journal entry then, your exact behavior on how you're going to run money for these people, you'd have to testify that 
you're basically following other people's advice because you like them as people. And somehow that's how you get your security selection. When you say it out loud like this or can journal it, you realize like that's not a sustainable, that's not a sustainable uh, model, right? By virtue of the fact that some of those folks, uh, they don't need their money. If if their whole portfolio went to zero, they'd still have a very high quality of life, and it probably wouldn't change at all. Now you might not be in that same situation. You see, you might have a lot more hanging on the success of your investment account for a whole host of reasons over the next twenty or thirty years, right? And if you're a trader or if you're still an investment advisor, using technical analysis to learn how to play superior defense could be a great thing because then you could call up weekly or monthly charts and say, okay, if we're making new monthly lows, there may be some fundamentals changing that I just don't know about. Paul Tudor Jones said price moves first, fundamentals follow. I absolutely agree with that. By the time you figure out what the fundamentals are, the stock could be cut in half. Again, go back to everyone's favorite darling here, Cisco. This is an example of how you can use technical analysis for superior defense, even if you bought the name for fundamental ideas, right? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with Dave Portnoy or Mark Cuban. This isn't me calling anybody out here. I'm talking about human behavior and what makes people do what they do in the marketplace so that you could learn from it. Because all these lessons I had to learn from myself. And I wrote about it. <laughs> no one really is immune. But the faster you can get to kind of coming up with your own recipes and then eating your own cooking, you'll have a model that you could live on for the rest of your life that you won't have to count on anybody else to do anything. And that puts you in a very powerful position, a powerful position that most people will never experience in their lives. Like That's the seriousness of this. So, so listen twice to this episode because this is really what makes or breaks people being independent thinkers. You might be scared to start it, but... That's how it's done. The people that you might look up to are independent thinkers. They're decisive, right? And that's that's the moral of the story today. Anyway, hope you had a great week and you have big plans for the weekend to let your hair down. Um, and that's it. If you want a free copy of the audiobook version of The Inner Voice Trading, you're welcome to grab it. I wish you the best and I'll see you Monday.